Hello, and welcome to I'm on my period piece. I'm Lindsay. I'm Molly. And this week we talked about the trial of the Chicago 7. Or sorry, we will talk about it. (laughs) We will be talking about it. We shall be. We watched it. Um, But before we start talking about this flick, bitch, let's sync up. Sure. What have you been up to? Um, Oh, man. Uh, Here's an interesting thing about me. I get more boring by the day. Um, (laughs) False. That's not true. Well, you know, it it depends. Uh, I don't have cool zippy things that I'd be doing. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, none of us do right now. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, But I've been walking a lot. Hey, Uh, what was it you said? How many steps it was before like noon the other day? Or you had walked like Mm. six miles or something crazy. Yeah, Craig and I hiked six miles. That's a, that's a half, no, that's not a half marathon. That's a quarter marathon. Hey, I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, It got pretty dicey there too. It got like really steep. See, this is what I tried to tell you about hiking. No, for the most part. And why I don't do it. For the most part, it's like easy peasy. Yeah. But there's just one place we've been going to to in Austin like a few times that uh, sometimes it's neither easy nor peasy. Um, But it was fun. Um, do you bring any gear, or are you just like hoof it? Yeah, I have a like an adorable little camelback that looks like a <laughs> panty liner on my back uh, <laughs> that that Craig dutifully fills for me. And I put, you know, my Aquaphor and my AirPod case. I listen to my music the entire time I do this. Too. What do you do if you have to pee? Oh, I peed in the woods. Oh no, that's where you just a little me. squat, little pee. Did it dry all the way? Pfft, no, not all the way. No, it's impossible. And so you've got like kind of a wet, sort of cool uh, <laughs> cooch. Here's for the thing a about few me. Minutes. I'm not sure I could trust myself to not accidentally pee. Pee all over your pants. Yeah, pants. no, for sure. I think about it the entire time I'm going. It is my only focus. Like my stream sometimes it gets a little broad. You know what We're I mean? Not young women <laughs> anymore. <laughs> we can't put out house fires with our ureters. Uh, no, I mean, I did, it, you know, it's what? a good skill to have, honestly, but I, I just simply don't have it. I had a male friend in high school ask me if women could aim their pee because he just didn't know. And I was like, you know, when you turn a faucet on a little bit, <laughs> like that's sort of what we it's can like. do that a little we bit. We can kind of do that. Depending on how badly we have to go. Yeah. I mean, if you have a real sturdy stream, you can kind of aim it. I've moved dirt with it. Like I've, <laughs> you know, kind of drilled a little hole in the ground. I fracked. <laughs> Not fracking. Call me RuPaul. We got something in common. Oh my gosh. Um, Ooh, that is funny to me. Anyway, peeing in the woods. It's a thing. That's great. That's great. Um, and I've been watching, Craig and I watched, the, sorry, I'm going to take a little sip. Yeah, get some. Hydrated. Craig and I watched the first season of Miracle Workers this Oh weekend. yes, you told me about this. While we cooked. Uh, yeah, I brought it up Parker and he called it the good place knockoff. And I was like, oh, I can see why you would think that, <clears throat> but no, it does. Not that that's tonally, it feels similar and it deals with like the afterlife. Okay. And we also love anything that's tonally similar to that because yeah, it's great. Like, I mean, we need some like less worries in the world. We do need some less worries. Um, but it does seem like there've been like, there was another one before the good place. I thought that was like a. Something to do with the afterlife. Well, there was um, not American Gods, but what's the the fun one with David Tennant? Oh Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was that called? Um, I, Parker and I watched it too. Good Omens. Yeah, you know, the, there's things that like was that. fun. That was I a like fun things one. like that. They're yeah. fun. Um, but Miracle Workers was a delight, and, and so, Steve Buscemi plays like a slovenly god. We love that. Yeah. How many seasons are there? 
There's two on HBO Max. Okay. The first season was like seven episodes. Like HBO. Half hour long. And Simon Rich, it's based on a book by him. Oh, I love him. Oh, uh, yeah. So it's nothing, nothing but good. HBO Max. Oh, there you go. Uh, working on <laughs> that New Nicole Zealand Kidman? accent. <laughs> um, how are you? Girl, um, I'm good. We uh, was just telling you my harrowing tale of trying to order Thai food on Friday night. What mm-hmm. What a disaster. I'm, ma- I'm glad you made it out. Oh, God. Um, but Parker and I started watching um, the new Ted Danson show on NBC. Okay, will you tell me what that's about? It's called Mr. Mayor. Yes. And the premise is that... Is this Spin City? No, it's L.A. So okay. he becomes the mayor after the former mayor of L.A. like quits. Like he was like, oh my God, enough. Like mm-hmm. I can't, they, the way, they called it something like a COVID hurricane wildfire or something. There was like some, they stacked like three current crises on top of each other. Like they all happened simultaneously. Uh-huh. And so the guy's like, you know what? I don't need this. And like leaves. So Ted Danson is just like a rich guy that kind of like, buys his way into being the mayor and Holly Hunter yes star of stage screen in my heart star Holly star of Holly Hunter plays she's like a councilwoman that has been there forever and she actually like really cares about city governance and so she's like kind of pissed that he becomes the the mayor but he makes her the deputy mayor, so she's kind of, like, running the show. A little Leslie and Ron kind of relationship. A little bit, yeah. Okay. A little bit. But she's, like, a little more um, flinty than Leslie. Okay. Flinty is a great word. Yeah, isn't that a great word? Um, it seems like it's going to be fun. It's got, uh, it was produced by Tina Fey and Robert Carlock. Oh, great. Did 30 Rock. So, similar energy to 30 Rock, I think. And, you know, Parker and I were saying, I think sometimes the best shows are the ones where it's, like, the premise is just, like, a simple workplace comedy. You know, like, mm-hmm. or, like, it's got a simple idea. This is the mayor's office. This is the Parks and Rec office. This is the behind the scenes at a Saturday night TV show or whatever, yeah. you know. So, um, anyways, um, I'm liking it so far. And then Saturday night, I went and sat on Angelie's porch and caught up with her, which was really fun. The weather, like, we could feel it getting chillier. It started raining at one point. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sunday, folks that don't live in Austin... <laughs> We got more snow than I have ever seen in my entire life in Texas. Yeah, it was nuts. I just could not believe that it, like, I took the girls out, like, right when it first started because I was like, we better make the most of it. It's Mm going to be done in an hour, and then it'll be melted in an hour and a half. No, it just kept going. It snowed for, like, six hours. Yeah. It was, like, um, two inches, I would say, at least. That's crazy. Yeah. Mom and Dad's house got, like, some stick. Like, it really... It's, it's stuck in our yard and the trees behind our house pretty well. Yeah. Um, Did it melt yesterday, or... There was still... It looked like a receding hairline on the lawn <laughs> yesterday say, morning. So, Ingrid and I um, met at the park down the street with the kids yesterday afternoon. And it was, like, warm yesterday. Yeah. But there was still, like, big embankments of snow I still saw hill. a few people's, like, leftover snowmen today. Yeah. It's so like weird. Like, on my walk. Um, I have no idea how, but... You it's know. bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was fun. That was really cool. So, anyways, the girls' school was closed yesterday because of that. Because they were like inclement oh weather, God. even though you know, like the roads. Girl, sure, but they didn't know that. I guess Sunday night. So we, um, I stayed at home with the girls yesterday. Obviously, we stay at home anyways. But I mean, like, I didn't work, mm-hmm. and um, that was nice. So it's kind of a pleasant day. My kids have found um, a one-hour-long montage of Baby Shark videos. Oh, good. I'm glad they found that. You would be surprised and horrified at how many varieties of Baby Shark of um, songs that they have made up to that tune by Pink Fong. Here's 
so much of that is interesting to me because that was just a song you sang at like vacation Bible school. Yeah. Okay. I almost had like a Mandela effect about this because I was like, this was a song before. Oh, yeah. This, it right? absolutely has been a song That's for what like I thought. 40 years. Okay. So I don't know who like licensed it or who forgot to license it. Right. Really. I guess. And then Pink Fong was like, got it. Pink, Pink Fong? Pink Fong. Yeah. F O N G. I, I think that they're a company in China hmm. and they made this, this initial video and it was a runaway hit. Now you can buy Pink Fong toys at, like, branded toys at Target. Uh, I, uh, right. And one of the Baby Shark remixes, there's, like, a disco one. There's one that is, like, an EDM, like, club thing. And it, it has... sound like a bunch of bees. <laughs> no, it's like... What is that effect called where they make it sound like it's, like, under the covers? Like... No, I like I don't know music terms, but then they're like on the screen. They have like this like kaleidoscope image, so it's supposed to be like so this is when your baby does like Molly. a rave, <laughs> very. And they even have like an animated DJ that's like spinning. It is, oh, you know I love that. It was honestly every time Dig wants to watch this stupid thing, I'm like, okay, honestly that part's really funny. I'm, I'm gonna give you that. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll watch that with you. But um, yeah, so that's what we did yesterday, and then again today. Um, but, you know, other than that, like, whew, just trying to, I don't know, not self-destruct every time I look at Twitter. Mm. Something big happened last Wednesday, but you already know oh, that. God. So that's not why you come to us. <laughs> no, no way. You come to us for when something small happens 200 years ago and right. they make a movie about it. Exactly. Um, which Some, is sometimes not, something didn't even happen. It's just uh, fictionalized, a fictional account. Yeah, those are... Debatably my favorite. The best one. I wonder if technically we could say that Stardust is a period piece. It is. It's sure. fantasy. You know what also is a period piece, and you're not going to like this, is Star Wars. It's in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, but it was a long, long time ago. Oh, t- <sighs> it does seem like it should be futuristic, though, doesn't it? Yeah, but like, well, you know, and because it could space, be. right? <laughs> but yeah, Star Wars is technically a period piece. But um, okay, so this week though, we watched the trial of the Chicago Seven. Siren, uh, yes, which I did not anticipate liking that much. I no, heard I really did not think I was going to like it. Like I heard mixed reviews. I guess like people were like, "Oh, it's kind of boring." Jenny told me she liked it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Okay, that's like one plus mark." Did mom and dad watch this? Uh, not that I've heard, but I okay. I don't know that I would see them liking it. Yeah. Um, I was prepared to, like, roll my eyes at all the Sorkinisms. Yeah. No, he he showed uh, an enormous amount of, con- like, restraint. Yeah. Uh, and so, I, I mean, he did have his, t- his flourishes at the end, especially. He had his flourishes. <laughs> I, yeah. And I... I and, my note, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know where the buck stops as a director. Like how much say you have in um, musical supervision. I would imagine, like, you could strike something or add something. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I don't know the degree to blame him for the, the swelling. The swelling strings <laughs> as the Vietnam names were read. You know what Aaron Sorkin is to me? He has the energy of a man who is greatly upset that he was never called to war. Oh. That, like, mm. middling mm-hmm. generation where mm-hmm. they just, they are looking... They, like, want to name so many things as, like, heroic, awesome institutions. I I think he's split between that and 
being upset that he was also too young to be an anti-war to be Tom Hayden. activist. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. And you could tell he was like he, his relationship with Tom Hayden in the movie was the most like uh, inspected. Even though yeah. I think um, if you look at the other people involved, he's probably the least interesting. Yes. Um, anyway, he so cast Eddie Redmayne to play that. Okay. That's the first character you see. Does, does, what's the, there's there's got to be like a linguistic term the mm-hmm. way there is for vocal fry for when people have peanut butter voice. <laughs> Kermit way, voice. Yeah, he has Kermit voice, which like paired with the widest mouth I've ever seen is always like so disarming. Like, the, pick one. Yeah. No, he's um. I just, I can't explain why I find him so unctuous. <laughs> But I think it's a feeling shared by many. You know what? Is that he has Emma Watson energy. <laughs> yes. It's feels like both no more. of them can't wait to like make a YouTube video to explain a concept to me. Yeah, right. They right. can't wait. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they love to be like, here's a thing you probably didn't know. Women are oppressed. Right. And it's like, yeah, girl, I did she, know that. He he feels very similar to me. I mean, I think I've probably actually read things that would indicate that he's a great person. I'm sure he's a lovely person. And I need to stop um, <laughs> doing what I do to people that are completely nice and without fault, but just have certain traits. <laughs> well, like, I don't know. Really, if I, I were mean, to think about it, it's like, uh, guess who else also has a wide-ass mouth? You bitch. <laughs> friggin' mason jar. <laughs> I think with him, though, too, it's like, he's not a character actor, but he's also not somebody that I feel like fits very comfortably as a, as a male lead, like as a no. leading man, you no, know? Because you would never, um, like, his muscles seem very comfortable in his shirt. Yeah. 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 They're so not trying like, to get I out. I use the word strapping ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> ever about him. So he's like a weird, I don't know, like, it's... Maybe it's just that the characters he tends to play are unctuous to me, too. I think it's that our first introduction to him was in The Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd, which, bitch, I don't feel like anyone talks about that movie, but I think about it that every was, time that he was comes that up. decade we went to every movie. <laughs> um, you'll recall, and no oh, one else did. Every single one. Honestly. He's an OBE already, and he's also already 39. Wow. He has no. a wife named Hannah Bagshaw. Bagshaw. Pick a more British Bethilda name. Bagshaw. Wasn't that a character? Bagshot. I can't remember. I don't know, girl. Um, interesting. Wow, I did not realize he was five years older than me. I just... How are, how are you going to be an OBE before 40? It doesn't make any sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. I mean, but again, they have 20 actors, so I'm... Yeah, they gotta pick... They, they're, like, already worked through a bunch of them. It's true. Um, so, anyway, so he is playing Tom Hayden, the future Mrs. or Mr. Jane Fonda. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually got married, what, like, two or three years after the action of this movie. Yes. What, was this supposed to take place in 70? Uh, no, 69 to 70, I believe. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because Nixon came in in 68. Mm-hmm. So, background, um, I guess... Um, is that Tom Hayden, who is, um, he's with the Students for a Democratic Society. Um, he and Rennie Davis are from And Rennie faction. Davis, yeah, which I like the name Rennie. Yeah, it's a cute name. That's cute. Um, yeah, go They on. are, like, kind of friends with Abby Hoffman, and they have, like, a very loose coalition okay. there. Um, and what was, um, sorry, Kendall Roy's character's name? Uh, 
Jerry Rubin. Jerry I'll, Rubin. I will. I have some notes on Jerry Rubin later. Okay. Okay. Um, so they were from like a self-formed group called the Yippies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a youth independence party or youth yes, something party. Something like that. Um, and then we have John Carroll Lynch as David Dellinger, who... I'm delighted to see that guy on screen. Okay. When he plays like a nice character... Nobody better. Nobody be- nobody warmer. Nobody warmer. Absolutely uh, not. Trust him with my life. That was a really good casting call, it too. It was. Because from what I read of Dave and Jill, Del- Dellinger, it's like, okay, a saint. Mm-hmm. Um, what a sweet man. He was a, uh, you know, literally a Boy Scout troop leader. Yes. Um, and I can't And a conscientious objector to To World War II, which is a, a, a choice that people <laughs> wouldn't respect, but I do. Yeah. Um, what was... Uh, what was his organization called, though? I don't recall. Oh, gosh. I can't remember either. It was um, it was kind of like a weird acronym, as I recall. Like GNOME. Yeah. And it, yeah, that sounds but right. But I can't I'll, I'll look it up. And then Bobby Seal was there. I don't believe he was necessarily going to represent the Black Panthers. Right. Um, but he was associated with them. Um, and then his case is sort of treated a little bit differently. Well, let me, I guess, name the other... Uh, co-defendants. To, so there's like Lee Weiner and John Freunds, who were they were the ones that um, Abby Hoffman later is like, you're the gimme. Like yes. they're gonna pardon you because you weren't really involved. Yeah, and they'll use that to get the rest of us. So these these guys had set out to protest the naming of Herbert Humphrey as mm-hmm. the Democratic candidate in the '68 primaries, and I guess that was that happened after Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah. Oh, God, devastating. I and know. So, um, because they didn't feel that Herbert Humphrey was, like, adequately anti-war, and um, there are, so, as, you kind of see things in flashbacks, but their um, protest ends up turning into a riot, which they strongly hint, or basically they tell you, was truly started by the cops. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of... Wow, that never happens are. before. Yeah. Um, but they get kind of rounded up by the new Nixon administration um, and his new AG. Kind of, I, I guess, to, like, make an example of them. Well, was he the, the AG for the state of Illinois or for... Well, I did I was unclear. Because I think that the person who was called up to be the AG was the former AG of Illinois. Oh, okay, okay. Which is um, Kevin, not Costner. Talking about Michael Keaton. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So he about. had been he had been the AG of the United States, but for LBJ, and they call him up to the okay. stand later. Um, he had pissed off Nixon's incoming AG by not resigning until the day of his confirmation. Gotcha. It's supposed to be like I don't know a couple days before or something, mm-hmm. and he's like this. So he basically the LBJ administration um, had investigated this riot and determined that the cops had been the instigators and so they didn't bring any charges but um that happened i guess so close to the time that nixon took over and his ag was nixonian and so um ordered those guys it's almost like they're being made an example of abby hoffman keeps saying it's a political trial right um well they absolutely were making an example of them like totally um, Nixon immediately, you know, has an he has an authoritarian yeah bit. yep um, and you know completely in bed with the FBI the CIA whatever like was this still what's his favorite um, 
her something Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. Was he still around in the seventies? I, I think so. But okay. let me look that up. What um, a I crooked mean, dude. Whew, I know. And uh, looks like Julius Hoffman was the district judge. Okay. For the in Chicago uh, district of Illinois. Yep. Okay. Because um, I was gonna say I can't imagine him making it. Yeah. Uh, that far up. Well, no. you know, actually, when you are that crooked. Yeah. Typically, but he's, um, you know. Uh, a little too obvious with it all. Frank Langella is the one playing this judge, by the way, who played Nixon in Frost and Nixon. Frost Nixon. Do yes. you know who he was with? Famously. Whoopi Goldberg. She picked him good. She really... And then apparently he has a a memoir uh, called something like As I Remember Them or something. But it's like... The description that I read was that it was like funny smut about when he was... Young, dumb, and you can fill in the blanks. Full of fun? Yes, sure. Uh, and he talks about Doink and Whoopi? Oh, I don't think he talks about Doink and Whoopi necessarily in the book, but he talks about like when he was young. I guess in the 60s and 70s, he was kind of a hot commodity in oh, movies. You know what? I'm going to have to look that up. I would like mm, to see mm-hmm. what He was cute. Like. He was actually cute. Uh, by the way, Jedger Hoover, and I will be calling him Jedger. Thank <laughs> you for Jedger. asking. Um, died in 72, so I would imagine he was no longer no. The, um, head of the I'm sure FBI. his hand-picked replacement was there, though. Right. Um, um, and then, also, I, I guess I touched on this briefly, but Bobby Seale oh, yeah. is sort of um, not really officially considered in the Chicago 7 because he eventually, as you'll see in the movie, got a... Uh, mistrial. Mistrial, which his he, Yeah, he had a separate whew. attorney, and his attorney was like, Indisposed, he was yeah, in, the in the hospital. hospital. Um, this is played by Yaya Abdul Mateen, mm-hmm. who is in Watchmen. He's incredible in that, mo- oh, that okay. show. See, I was, I don't know that I've seen him in. Um, else. Yeah, he was so good in that. Um, but he um, ends up the judge like way oversteps. He's like super. Um, he has it out for Bobby Seale from the beginning because he's a racist piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So he um, very obviously like being harder on him and like you know repeatedly threatening him with contempt of court mm-hmm. and at one point Bobby Seal objects to having an attorney speak on his behalf that's like not he's like I wasn't part of this right. I'm not one of them um he has the was it marshals take him out oh yeah they take him they to, gag him uh-huh and then bring him back yeah and so even at this point even Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's the prosecutor, mm-hmm. is like, you, mm, this looks really this bad. This is bad. Uh, there's we didn't actually, say who any of the cast was other than Redmayne. Oh, I know. Well, this is, it's a big old group of boys, basically. Big old group of boys. Which is, I think, probably why uh, I didn't, you know... Same. That's why didn't jump so to it. so many uh, Sorkinisms, either, because right. he is famously not good at writing women. Blue. Um, but... I mean, granted, this is a historical thing and a fact that we all need to acknowledge about the 60s cultural revolution and why it didn't work Right, is it sort of was a lot of just white dudes. White I mean, activists, Obviously not yeah. including the Black Panthers and right. their surrounding like, you know, organizations around them. But, but they weren't like taking their cues from people who'd already been organizing for a long time. Right. They just sort of were like, this is a new thing that I invented. <laughs> right. Yeah, so... Um, what was I saying? Oh, there's actually, like, a really, like, sad and terrifying but really kind of cool courtroom sketch of Bobby Seale, like, in that moment. Oh, cool. When he was being... Oh, wait. Not when he was when gagged, he was, though. When he was gagged. Oof. Yeah. It's like someone thought... I didn't know if that just, was actually true. No, that's true. Damn. Um. Yeah. Okay. 
so I mean, there's a million different tangents I can take this on, but real quick um, on Bobby Seal because Fred Hampton comes up. Yes. And oh my god. So Fred Hampton's in the courtroom. Fred Hampton was like a leader in the Black pa- uh, Panther Party, mm-hmm. um, specifically in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, around the time that he was murdered, mm-hmm. uh, there was like talk. He went out to meet with a few other leaders in California, and they wanted him to like lead it nationally and like continue. He was really good at coalition mm-hmm. building. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like reading up on Fred Hampton's death. Um, oh my God. Because there's, there's this painting at, uh, it's on loan from the Met, I believe at the Austin. The Blanton. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's called, I think it's just called black painting. Let me confirm that. Um, I've always really liked it. Uh, yeah, it's just called black painting by Carrie James Marshall. Okay. So it's like, you have to, you have to see it in person to actually yeah. like, see it because it's black acrylic paint on black fiberglass. Okay. But it shows Fred Hampton in his apartment mm-hmm. the night before he's killed. Like, you see him pass out on the bed because he was drugged by an informant. Yep. And his pregnant fiance is like, looks like she can hear something at the door. Oh, God. It's a really cool painting. It's terrifying, though. Um, the whole situation with Fred Hampton. I honestly didn't learn much about the Black Panthers until like the last year or two. I still don't know that a ton, but mm-hmm. um, I've just heard like some cool stuff about their organization and their like the way that they worked within communities to kind of like provide mutual aid mm-hmm. um and i'm pissed that i wasn't taught about it oh of course you wouldn't be they were like a real like, threat to the status quo all i've ever heard about them before all of that was like oh scary. that's scary they're the ones with guns it's like no well, that's you why you guys are well but also jedward <laughs> jedward that's like um I mean, there's a there is a reason why you were taught exactly one kind of protest is okay. Yep. Um, anyway, oh, yeah. the Fred Hampton thing, I like. So I was like, who would inform on him? They they the FBI got a teenager to infiltrate. Like he was already in the organization. They're like, we'll reduce your time if you do this. And he was like seventeen or Shameful. eighteen. And then like three years later on MLK day, this kid like overwhelmed with guilt and grief right. killed himself by running into the road. Oh God. So anyway, it's that, dark. That's probably put a content warning on that one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, just if you're wondering how uh, bleak things can get yeah. uh, with Cointelpro. Yeah. Um, Honestly. Yeah. The Nixon administration, <laughs> Um, it's whenever I'm tempted to be like, things have never, ever been this dark. I sometimes think about what must it have been like to be in your twenties and thirties in the seventies or in the eighties. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's scary. Bad for a while. Yeah. They've been real bad. Um, anyway, so the trial, it's, it looks, I believe it lasts like 160 days. That's so long. It's so long. Especially Um, for, it's like. What they're trying to gather is, like, did these boys incite a riot? Is that what the main point of it was? Yeah, because they, they're being charged with crossing state lines with the intent to cite a riot. Okay. So they have to do a lot of, like, intent proving mm-hmm. with it. And so they'll cite their words here and there, but they'll be taken out of context. Like, that happens a few times. Yeah. Um, I mean, anything set in a court, it's, like, hard to fully synthesize the plot because the plot is literally just, like... People asking the questions. The other thing of facts and <laughs> yeah. questions being I asked. honestly think that's like an art form, making like a court- courtroom drama interesting oh, it, because it's super not totally, when you're actually in a courtroom. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and some people like really have a skill for it. So in terms of like stray thoughts 
on this. Yeah. Um, I would say that, like, for the most part, the intro worked for me when they were, like... Yes. It felt very heist movie. It did. I uh, love that, when you introduce all the characters. Right. And see their and, like, quirks. The song wasn't Feeling Alright by Joe Cocker, but it might as well have been. <laughs> like, it was, like, I'm feeling alright. You know it was, uh, Yeah, it was, uh... It was, like... It was, like... Burr, 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 burr. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to, but I was trying to think of like an off-brand name for feeling all right. Like, <laughs> doing okay. Doing okay. <laughs> it mostly worked for me, but like when they were showing Tom Hayden and Remy uh, talking about them, like the U.S. Uh, napalming children, and you're hearing like, <laughs> and I was like uh, yeah, that did not feel quite. You know what? That did stick out to me. Yeah, yeah. I was when, like, as a viewer, you don't want to have a moment. Where you're like, oh, you because that's like it's not funny. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, uh, I. Um, surprise attractions. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman. Here's the thing about Abby Hoffman. He was also a full snack. <laughs> really? Look him up. Jerry Rubin, too. Those were some cute-looking boys. Some cute boys. Um, uh, Jerry Rubin sucks. High-key. Okay, tell me about him. Okay, so they say at the end that, like, Jerry Rubin... And this is played by Jeremy Strong, who is very cute. Jeremy Strong doing a gorgeous uh, simulacrum of Kate Blanchett as <laughs> not a, Bob Dylan. Not a simulacrum. Uh, did I say it right? It's one of those words you read more than you say. I mean, I've always just heard simulacrum, but like simulacrum is great. <laughs> Put a little liquid hue on it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt layered, that impression. He's like, hey, man. Okay, hey. Abby Hoffman. Okay, not bad. Not bad, huh? I see you. Not bad. I mean, as a middle-aged man, not so much. Because he, do kept, as much he for kept the curls, but it started to go a little, like, crusty with the clown. Yeah. <laughs> it did, yeah. Uh, so Jerry Rubin in the 70s is like, I think that I'm going to reject all knowledge otherwise and change the system from the inside. Uh, oh, no. Right. So it's like, <laughs> I feel like if you've maybe spent a little more time talking to, like, the Black Panthers, they perhaps would have told you that's an ineffective method for anything. But and, like, like, you're just going to get in there and decide you like money. And- right. Which is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. So he becomes a literal stockbroker in the 70s, but still wants to hold on to this image of, like, I am Jerry Rubin, I'm cool, I'm cool. So he basically starts a salon for, like, yuppies. Oh, no, in from Studio yippie 50, to yuppie. I know, in Studio 54, he was like, we can meet and discuss ideas. And it's like, no one freaking goes to Studio 54 to discuss ideas. No. Um, he did a debate tour later with Abby Hoffman called, like, Yippie versus Yuppie. Um, oh, wow. And then he moved to LA somewhere in there and got really into a health MLM. And this oh, is where it gets tricky. No. He hired Bobby Seal as a salesperson. No. Yeah. So it it it's a uh, tale as old as time. No. And then he ate it. Reached out to his old friend and said, <laughs> said "Hey, I've got a great business opportunity. We're on trial together. <laughs> I have a great business opportunity. You can be your own boss. Oh, that <laughs> um, sucks." Yeah, I will say other straight thoughts I had was um, I feel like I was happy to learn that Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a square in this movie because if they were going to make him be like a revolutionary, I was going to be out. I simply don't buy it. I don't buy it. Frankly, what is that gentleman doing these days uh, uh, other than being annoying? Hit record Joe or hit yes. record Joe. So I, first of all. Is it hit record or is it I've hit never record? Because no one talks about it. I think you and I just made it last another five years by saying it out loud. We did. Well, there. I've seen one person in my circle, not circle, in my Twitter feed. Is it Kevin Porter? No. Because I feel like he brought up 
hit record or hit record Joe. Oh, then. did he? No, there's one person that I follow on Twitter who will like reply to his tweets and I'm always like, what? is he still relevant? Uh, He's not. No. To answer your question. I've had this weird urge lately to rewatch um, 500 Days of Summer to see how I, I feel about it. It's been 10 years. As 11 I, years. As I take 12. a little run up on 30, you know? Did that come out in 2009 or 10? It feels very 10, but I think it was, ni- it was 9. Oh, man. What a time. The that also of giving very 10. That also completely crystallized Zoe Deschanel. That was like, that's the role she's going to be known for until the like day she dies. That was like her Annie Hall, but it kind of sucks. Yeah. It's like not as impactful as no. Annie Hall. No. No, she is just summer. Yeah. That's, uh, that sucks for she her. She lives in our town now with a property brother. Oh, no. You didn't oh, know that? no. I knew she's she been had living lived here for a while. I knew she had lived here with her ex husband. Mm-hmm. I, I think she and the property brother away. live here. I don't want a property brother in this town. Well, you have property brother, you have Joe Rogan, you have Elon Musk. I don't want any of them here. Well, leave. That, that's. Get out right now. Leave! <laughs> Name a better oh, song. Oh, man. No, she rules. <laughs> I love Remember that cover she did with Africa? <laughs> yeah, that that shit rips. How did that? What was that? Who was it? Was it on the re where they were like JoJo's white? But like that's not her fault. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't choose that. <laughs> uh, did you see that one? Um, that TikTok where there was that girl that was like, um, what did she say? She was like listen white people you you're simply white like you can try to be a spicy white or whatever but you're just white and she like showed like a white actress and she was like this is a white woman and then she showed something else and then she gets to chris evans and she goes now genetics are (laughs) are complicated (laughs) because like for some reason he yeah like i feel like a lot of like black comedy comedian people on twitter are like you love chris evans chris evans he is. He's our boy. He we really love him. He is like a good Chris. I yeah. W- I still, I think for me personally, Pine is the first Chris. Yeah. Um, but Evans is too. I think I've been convinced that Evans is my number one on that one. Which is a surprise because I really don't care for an adult male blonde generally. Right. <laughs> so. Well, neither do I, but that's why I guess the Pine thing is interesting. They're all kind of blonde. Yeah, None they of are. them really have like a super... They're, they're boring. Yeah, they're <laughs> the thing about them is that every one of them is uniquely boring, except that I feel like Pine is weird oh, in a way that I weird. want. He is weird. Somebody posted about how they took like some kind of um, writing erotica class with him, like because he takes like writing classes at like UCLA, and they said that his work was beautiful. Um. Okay. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. He should publish. Yeah. You know, he has like a Richard Harris vibe. He does. Yeah. He does. You know, I bet he will age like a fine wine as well. Oh I mean, he's already like nearly 40, God. if not that's already a, yeah, 40. Yeah, that's a good looking man. And I also love that he was wearing like linen caftans for a long time there. We love him. We love him. I, you know what? Like it's, it's, sorry, Evans, you will not, you don't have it. Not today. You want what he has. Not today. Wow. We went from uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt all the way through. <laughs> All the way through the boys. We really, um, Let's this, hear is, it for this the is a very special uh, semi-annual men episode. <laughs> um, it doesn't happen often, folks. <laughs> no, I know. And I think this will really boost our male listenership to like three. Two. Yeah. Oh, okay. Three. Yeah. Three would be, mm-hmm. I guess we, I can think of two males that listen. Yeah. But uh, that's it. That's all I know that's, of. Um, Anyways, should we like? I guess we should get back to this plot. There's not a ton of There's plot. There's really other than not a lot of plot. I mean, the, the, the interesting. I did like the part 
sorry. You go ahead. No, yeah. The um, the montage of how many people were undercover informants. Oh, that was so annoying. The with they, friends like these thing. Oh my gosh. So we were, yeah, they had like all these people that get on the stand and they're like, hey, I'm whatever. And then they'd flash back and show them kind of like dressed as a hippie or whatever mm-hmm. and like befriending these people. And Parker was like, I can't believe cops are allowed to do that. That seems like it's entrapment. And I was like, it's because it is. Right. It is literally entrapment. There's um, quite a number of things that <clears throat> should uh, not be allowed. Should not be allowed. Um, anyways, the their little um, riot protest um, gets ugly shortly, unfortunately, after Tom Hayden had said something like, let the blood run in the streets or something. Yeah. And so that gets, they talk about putting him on the stand and then it becomes clear that like he's too emotional to do it. So they put Abby Hoffman up there instead. Excellent line. By the way, Abby Hoffman played beautifully by Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, his Boston accent was impressive to me. Oh, yes. Sasha Baron Cohen has the range. He really and does. And I, I just feel that, um, I feel that he often gets thought of as only a comedy guy, but he's really good. He's so talented. He and is like so talented. And, like, straight up, like, a, a handsome man. Extremely, and very yeah. smart. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, he and Isla Fisher. It, that what a beautiful couple. They both raise each other's value. Absolutely. It's rare, a rare thing. Um, anyways, there's a part where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is asking him a question, and he, like, says something like, did you plan to get into a kerfuffle with the cops or whatever. And he's like, I don't think so. And he's like, well, you don't think so? The fact that you have to think about it. And he, he said something like, give me a moment, friend. I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. Yeah, that was wild. I was like, damn. I also loved that, um, that quote from Matthew that he used in yes. the Bible. Yes. Um, I had to go look that one up. I was like, oh, shit. Jesus really did drop some bars. Well, and then he also quoted um, Abraham Lincoln and he was like, if he came in this courtroom and said that right now, he would be arrested with, mm-hmm. the, with the rest of us. And I was like, damn. That guy was smart. Yeah, super smart. He named his son America with a lowercase a. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. I read an interview, like a full-blown interview with America today because I was like, it's going to be like an interesting life. He just lives in like a small town in Oregon. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Um, anyways, yeah. So in the end, they were what convicted and then, but they... They um, appealed it. Yeah, so it was. It went up, and I, I am like woefully ignorant of the. Um, I think of it as like the rings of hell. Okay, in yeah. terms of like the levels of the judiciary, I never the circuit, whatever the hell that means, circuit judges. I hope I never have to find out. No, right. You know what I mean, <laughs> right? If that's the case, then like, uh oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they basically knocked it up to the next boss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and they said, uh-huh. uh-huh. I don't think and so. no one else is interested in taking the case. Well, that's great. And then, I don't know if we mentioned that the, after the gagging terrible moment with Bobby Seale, that his his case was mistrialed. Yeah. Um, which is good, and he was ultimately acquitted, or not acquitted. Yeah, that's the word. Found not guilty. Yeah. Of killing someone in Connecticut. Yeah, they kept bringing up that he was on... Like, he was being held for suspicion of that. Yeah. And Fred I, Hampton was like, he wasn't there. He wasn't even in Connecticut. He's never killed anybody, you I know? I that, like, random fact at the end, too, where they were like, 78% of judges found that this judge sucked. <laughs> it was like... It was getting very four out of five judges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fix it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Show them. Yeah. Tell them. Aaron Sorkin's like, me and my best friend in the world, which is MSNBC. <laughs> 
we think this was wrong. It really is. And you know who else is like best friends with MSNBC is, uh, what's his face? Justin's peanut almond butter. Yes. That just um, gives me the farts because it's like all palm oil. Ken Burns. Uh, yes. Yeah. But I love Ken Burns. Well, right. Sweet corny prince. Yeah, I mean. That man's hair. It's been bad his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Did I show you that text from Nicole? She texted me once no. at like midnight. Was like we've never in all our friendship talked about Ken Burns' hair. I just replied, and we never will. And I went to sleep. <laughs> we just don't need to. <laughs> Why is it that color? It's like, it's like <laughs> when, your beard, <laughs> when your beard is gray. Ken, who do you think you're fooling? It's just so bad. It's it looks like um. Like when you go to Party City and you get a wig that's like British Force Four Piece Bop Band wig, yes. <laughs> the June Bugs. Yeah. Oh man, uh, yeah, it's giving very Shake and Go Ringo Star wig. It's so bad. No, yeah, it's so they bad. Would, they'd probably be, so those four boys. Um, MSNBC, MSNBC converts Justin's almond butter, <laughs> and now with uh, more palm oil. And what's his name? The guy who wrote Aaron this. Sorkin. I ke- every time I want to call him like David Fincher, but that's like such an insult to David Fincher. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. Oh my god, watched, he's like, also an adult blonde. <sighs> have you ever watched Aaron Sorkin's shows? The what? Uh, okay, so I will not be watching The West Wing, and no. you know what? Like. I will you not got, be watching the newsroom you, either. You fellas, come come at me about it, but I think you'll find it probably ages like ass because it it's again he's like I love institutions and it's like I don't. You really shouldn't. Um, the newsroom I did watch at the time. Oh really? I, yes. Was it good? No. Okay. It I was actually so. famously panned. Oh, he wrote Molly's Game, which I haven't seen. Okay, I would like to see that. I've heard it's good. Okay. Um, the newsroom was a very, very, very light period. Okay. And that they okay. would take events that happened like 18 months ago. Oh. And imagine how a newsroom would like orient themselves around it. And this was the, the most pathetic case of Aaron Sorkin like making his characters like a, um, like a sinless version of himself is <laughs> this, this one with Jeff Daniels. Uh, well, well. Is it newsroom with Jeff Daniels, right? Uh, oh, I thought that was West Wing. Yes, it was Newsroom, okay. I believe. So, Jeff Daniels is... I think so. Uh, just essentially, like, he calls himself a conservative, but he is, like, a neoliberal. So, you know, same thing. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> right. one half a dozen or the other. Right, but he's very, like, I'm a maverick because I'm different. It's like... No, you're not. No, you're not. You love corporations of all kinds. <laughs> I welcome uh, donations from any large corporation. Right. Like Target and Walmart. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and it was just like, he was like, Americans forgot how to discuss things. It's like, brother. Sir. Do you think that your organization might have a thing to do with this? Also, oh, God. So is it supposed to be like a Fox News newsroom? Or? No, it's like they're at their own. It's like CNN, but it's like we're a maverick thing. We're going to do things differently. Like Doing something that is from the news 18 months ago feels very, I just thought of a great comeback in the shower to what oh I should have said my God. to somebody when they pissed me off earlier. You know what That's I mean? That's a really good way to put it. It's like he's kind of like like digested all the hot takes and uh-huh. kind of synthesized them into one fiery hot take that he can put over swelling strings. That's 
exactly it. Okay. And if you can believe it, this came out in the Obama age. That's so weird. Um, Alison Pill was in it, if I recall correctly. We keep her alive as well. And we do, and we honor her. (laughs) (laughs) What if you came into my house and there was like an ofrenda and it was just Alison Pill? Alison Pill. Pill. And who was the other one we were talking about that you and Uh, I? Juno Temple. Juno Temple. Welcome to my Juno Temple. (laughs) It's a cool name, too. It's a hard Alison Pill to swallow. Not that. Yeah, well, pretty much that. Um, wow. Okay, he also uh, wrote the film screenplay for A Few Good Men. Of course they did. The American President. Oh my Charlie God. Wilson's War. Oh, my God. Moneyball. Steve Jobs. Oh, I forgot that he wrote The Social Network. But of course he did. Okay, that's why I confused him with David Venture, because David Venture directed that. Oh, um, man. Do you know who he dated briefly? Aaron Sorkin? Yeah. Who? Who's that itty-bitty... Kirsten, Kristen. Oh, yes, I did know this. Kristen, what's her name? Uh, (laughs) Chenoweth. Chenoweth. (laughs) I forget this all the time because I'm always like... Cat crackers. I think you can do a lot better, Kristen Chenoweth. (laughs) Honestly, girl, aim higher. Oh, that's... Yeah, that shit sucks. Yeah, it does. Um, Yeah, Aaron Sorkin, he... His hair's too silky. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. When it comes down to it, that's the simple fact of the matter. But I have to give him that uh, the social network still rips, and this was fun. The, the social network, everything came together perfectly. It on really that did. One. Um, and, you know, they sort of tried to warn us. Sort of. <laughs> Not really well. They're just like, if you guys aren't careful, um, you should. You this go little to nerd is going to have too much power. Right, right. But they were basically like, hey, he's a jerk. And it's like, yeah, sure, sure. But they weren't like, he's a jerk with a lot of power. He's a jerk who's going to bring down democracy. Um, anyways, uh, so do you have anything else you want to say about this flick? No, I'm just trying to think about what we're going to do again next week. Um, you know? Do you know what just came out? Tell me. Let me think. I, oh, shoot. Hold on. Reader, take a break for a second. Well, listener, I couldn't ever think of the thing that I was just sure I was going to uh, recommend us watching. But we did decide that we will be watching Ammonite. Starring Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. Oh yeah, we I've love to see it. Steamy, steamy. Yeah. So, and that's you're gonna have to shell out coin for that. Um, but I think it's worth it. Yeah. Oh sure. Anyway, so um, anything else you want to say? Oh no. All right. Well, y'all just have a lovely week and weekend, and uh, stay safe out there. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.